Happy Wednesday, everyone. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats, but no delays off around here. I am coming to you live from Sky Harbor on a 10-hour layover right now, an unexpected one, but Arizona-Princeton tomorrow. So either way, this had to be recorded. We're going to give you the keys to victory. Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, coming to you from a little bit of an unconventional area right now. Sky Harbor Airport, in uh, getting ready to go to Sacramento. Was supposed to be in Sacramento already, but as Flight World would have it, I am on a, uh, a connecting flight miss, and I am on a 10-hour layover, which means I'm going to get to you live from uh, Sky Harbor Airport as opposed to uh, Sacramento, but we will be on the ground. I'll be getting in tonight about 1030 or so. All right, now, we got a lot to get to here. Arizona Princeton first and foremost. What do you need to know? All right. Princeton really isn't that good. Um, the thing with Princeton is they run their stuff, but this isn't your traditional unathletic team that you normally see from team these Ivy League type schools. You generally see guys that can shoot threes, that run really well, that move without the ball, all of that stuff. We've seen it a million times. This is not a great shooting team by any means. As a matter of fact, they're actually a pretty good inside two-point shooting team, but they are not a great three-point shooting team. This is a game, though, that I'm not going to blow any smoke here. Arizona should dominate them, and it starts and ends with the peaks for me. Uh, Umar Ballo, Azulis Tabellas should dominate this, this game right here. Now, going into, the, going into this, we have going into the season, I or uh, this game, and of the postseason, I've said from the beginning, I believe that Arizona needs to get 35 and 20 out of the peaks every single game. You get 35 and 20 out of the peaks. And again, this is to keep in mind, I'm from Sky Harbor, but I had no other option right here. Um, if you if you get 35 and 20 from the peaks, you're going to be good. Because again, there's nobody on Princeton that can counteract that. But the guy that's kind of the wild card for me this entire postseason, or this entire postseason is going to be Courtney Rainey. The reason I say it's going to be Courtney Ramey is because while all the other guys can do some really good stuff out there, Ramey is the one player who makes everything go, for lack of a better term, in that he can create his own a little bit. I do wish that he would uh, create his own instead of just shooting threes, but be that as it may. He's also shown, too, in the UCLA game that he's going to be that dude at the end of the game that's going to take that shot. Um and he looked comfortable doing it. And again, there's something to be said for not shooting well all game. And then when it really comes down to it, you take that shot. And he, like I said, he looked comfortable doing it. So it'll be interesting to see if he's going to be that dude going forward. Um, but again, Arizona needs him to play well um, because he has a unique skill set there. Kirk Creesa can do some really good things for you. But again, as we've talked about many times, and this is no offense to Kerr, but Kerr's a little limited. Um, Kerr really can't blow by his guy. Kerr's also not a great shooter. Everybody uh, keeps waiting for him to be a great shooter, but he's he's just really not. And that's, you know, that's that that's all right. That's quite okay. Um, the thing about Kerr Creasa is uh, when you watch uh, when you watch him, you know, he wants the big shot, but he's got to be set up for it. He's not going to be able to shake guys off the bounce and be able to get that. He needs that shot right there, and that's where I think, you know, again, that he can do some pretty good things for you. Now, 
there's some other uh, there's some other angles at play right here that uh, we need to talk about. Pella Larson, said Henderson. Um, between these guys, I need 18 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Those two guys right there, I think if they combine at the small forward position for those type of numbers, you're going to Arizona should find themselves in pretty good shape because again, they can both they can both do that. Um, if it's not like I'm asking Daniel Dillon to do this, I'm asking those guys to do that. They can both do it, and you know it's kind of the old uh, old cliche that you know you're not going to ask somebody to do something if you know they can't do it. We know here on Locked On Wildcats that they can do that. Now. Uh, some of the other players here, Kylan Boswell, it's going to be a great maturity, uh, a learning experience here for the young man because, uh, again, he's uh, he's played very, very well, but at the same time, he's also young. But the one thing uh, that we saw against UCLA is right now, while he's shooting, uh, he's shooting very well. He's also um, he's also, you know, prone to some turnovers at times, and that's to be uh, and that's to be expected here. Because when you're prone to some turnovers, you're going to be, uh, you know, that's that's just the way it is. But he can also shoot the ball really, really, uh, really well, and that's something that I think a lot of people have taken for granted uh, from him over the year, or you know, over the year. Because again, he started off not shooting the ball well, and I think that frustrated a lot of Arizona fans. Um, but you know, now we're at the stage with uh, with him where. You know, he's shooting the ball well, and I think Arizona fans should be more than happy about it. Um, but again, I look for a big win right here for the U of A. I think that the Wildcats here are going to get, um, you know, the point spread's about 14 on FanDuel. We'll get into FanDuel here in just a second. But, you know, this is a game that Arizona should be able to win. It's a game that Arizona should be able to take charge of and take charge of early. Umar Ballo with Tabellis. Those are that's basically your trump card going into every single game. You got those two guys, and that's you know those are players that uh, you don't have that other teams just don't have. Let alone Princeton. Now the next game, then, then again, uh, uh, picking Arizona to win any tournament game, as we know, can be perilous uh, over the years. But you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to say that. Um, that uh, Arizona is going to win that game. Now you might say, Mike, who uh, who should you play? Uh, who should you play uh, after that? Um, the one thing that uh, I would rather play Utah State, to be honest with you. There's something about Missouri that I find a little unnerving, uh, mainly because they can shoot threes and they can force turnovers. And you know, when you've got a team that's not a great ball handling team, that's not a necessarily a recipe for success. Again, it's not Arizona. It, Arizona can certainly win that game. But, you know, you want to try to get as many easy layup games as possible. And I, I have a very hard time seeing Utah State being able to uh, beat Arizona right there. I would much, much, much rather play uh, Utah State. Now, you look at the rest of the region, then you look at the rest of the bracket. You've got the uh, – you've got um, – uh, excuse me um, – Baylor most likely then. Now I've thought from I've thought from uh, for quite a while that Baylor is a pretty good dark horse, uh, pretty good dark horse pick, and uh, because it's not your typical Baylor team, so people are kind of downplaying them to a certain degree, and you know that's all well and good, but you know when uh, when you've got Baylor when you've got um, that team though when you've got uh, Adam Flagler when you've got L.J. Pryor when you've got Keontae George. Those are uh, three guys right there that are going to play in the or that can 
if they're not playing in the NBA, they're all conference guys already. They are that level. The problem, though, for them is that you don't have those typical big men that Baylor that Baylor were accustomed to seeing from Baylor. You know, the two massive shot blockers, the guys that could just cause a ton of problems for you. We don't. You don't see that from Baylor right now, and that's always kind of been their uh, their trump again. Their trump card is when you get into the paint, you've got guys that can uh, block shots. They do have that. They also don't have guys that can finish. Uh, uh, Shawamba is he's limited. You got some other players, but again, there's nobody in there that really worries you like we've seen in years past. Now, again, coming to you live from Sky Harbor Airport because again, no days off around here. Then you look at the University of Alabama. I would first of all, um, I'm rooting against Alabama because uh, I'm rooting against Alabama mainly because. Um, I don't like uh, that how their athletic director conducts himself when it comes to any issues of discipline. Uh, we've dealt with that here. And let's be honest here, the Brandon Miller situation is absolutely appalling. Yes, he's one of the best players in the country. And uh, um, no, he should not be playing basketball right now. It's a privilege to play basketball. He should not be playing. Um, but that's, that's kind of where we're at right now with that. Um, but on the court, I think the Baylor matches. Baylor is a very tough matchup for the University of Arizona because they're long, they're athletic, they can handle, and they've got a multitude of guys on the back end that can give trouble to the to the peaks. So I'm hoping, just kind of scouting right there, I'm hoping that Arizona can uh, can take advantage of the, that situation right there, and um, and while Alabama loses that situation again, because again. I find myself wondering where exactly uh, uh, Arizona would have a huge advantage in. And again, you would need a Julius Tabellas and you would need Umar Ballo to absolutely ball out right there. And I think that could be a little bit more, that could be, that could be difficult against that kind of competition, but not saying they can't. Um, but this is the time of year right now. We also need to remember though, that Tommy Lloyd, the job he has done with this squad has been absolutely fantastic. And I don't think the people should, uh, uh, we should minimize that because keep in mind, I thought before the year, and I don't know about you, but I thought before the year that this was more of a top 20, 25, maybe top 15 at best type team. Lloyd has them at another level right now. And it's been just very, very impressive to watch how he's been able to do it because it's been a Julius Tabellas and it's been a lot of role players. And again, that's not a, uh, that's not put down to the role players right there, but you know, that when you're, when you watch, uh, when you watch, uh, Arizona over the years, the one thing that they've always had when they've reached the final four is they've had multiple stars. When you had multiple stars, um, it makes life a little bit, it makes life a little bit easier for you because you look at 90 set, you look at 94 or 88, you had, uh, you had Steve Kerr, you had Sean Elliott, and then to a lesser extent, you had Anthony Cook. Then after that, uh, 94, you had Damon Stoudemire, you had Khalid Reeves. 97, you got Miles Simon, you got Jason Terry, Michael Dickerson, Mike Bibby, to, uh, save the best for last. And then in uh, 01, you had five guys that you could say that. Lauren Woods, Michael Wright, Richard Jefferson, Gilbert Arenas, Jason Gardner, Luke Walton coming off the bench. Those were all guys who were top 50 type players in the country. This year's Arizona team doesn't have that. Now, again, that doesn't mean that Arizona can't win. But it also means that it's going to be a little bit more difficult right now. And I think people need to keep that one in mind right here um, because it also limits your margin for error. Now, last year, there were multiple stars. You, Christian Coloco and uh, Ben Matherin, 
certainly counted his starts. This is a little bit different. So again, big kudos to Tommy Lloyd because this team has drastically outperformed the expectations that I had for them. Now, let's talk about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook, fanduel.com backslash locked on college. All right. Now, NCAA tournaments here, and let's be honest, is there anything more enticing to bet on than the NCAA tournament? No, there's not. There's nothing that's more enticing to bet on than the NCAA tournament, and that's why you want to get onto FanDuel. FanDuel.com backslash locked on college. Check it out. All kinds of good stuff going on right there. And, you know, I'm going to pick Arizona to win against and to cover against Princeton, but you might say to yourself, eh, Mike Luke's an idiot. Okay, fair enough. Then pick a Princeton to cover. You wouldn't be the first person to go against what I had to say. You wouldn't be the last. And quite frankly, you might be smart for doing it. But again, fanduel.com backslash locked on college. Give it a look. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with you. And we're going to talk about uh, what going far in the tournament would mean for Tommy Lloyd. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I am your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, what would a win in the NCAA tournament here mean for Tommy Lloyd, um, uh, you know, going far here? Because I don't think there's, amongst uh, fans that know anything, I don't think there's really any questions about Lloyd at this point. Because, again, you watch him and you know for a fact that he's the winningest all-time coach already in college ba- or in college basketball history. That is, or in, through two years. You, there's been a lot of guys that have been in really nice situations right now that haven't been able to that haven't been able to replicate that, and and again got the uh, people coming from up above, but didn't have another choice right here. Um, but Tommy Lloyd has been able to do what uh, nobody else. And I think some people last year they looked at it, and again it's a little bit of a fair critique. Arizona did not play well in last year's NCAA tournament. They didn't play well against TCU. They probably shouldn't have won that game. And then against Houston, it didn't look like they belonged on the same court. Um, Arizona's got a draw that should certainly get them into the Sweet 16 this year. But then after that, I think people just need to realize though that all bets are off because again Baylor has players that have competed in a national title game and has a coach who's one of the, what, five, seven best coaches in college basketball, that's not going to be an easy, uh, that's not going to be an easy uh, road to hoe right there. But Arizona, I think, can certainly do it. But it's it's going to take all hands on, it's going to take all hands on deck. Um, but, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now. Now, when it comes to uh, uh, where we're at right now, let's talk a little bit of Arizona football. All right, all right, all right. All right, Arizona football, spring balls here. Now, my biggest regret about being in Sacramento, and let's be honest here, or going to Sacramento, and let's be honest, there are no regrets, is that I won't be there for spring football the first couple practices. But I can tell you that hope springs eternal when it comes to this team right here, and rightfully so. The way that Jed Fish has uh, revamped this roster in three years, you go from, first of all, you inherited a 12-game losing streak, you win one game the first year. You win five the second year. I think you're squarely looking at that seven or eight win uh, prism right there. And honestly, I don't think that that's anything that should be that uh, daunting for the U of A. The schedule isn't – you don't have anybody really on the schedule where you're like, okay, absolutely no chance of winning that game. And that's a testament, too, to the talent upgrade that Jed Fish has put into place right there. Starting at the quarterback spot, I think we're pretty well set in right there that you got Jaden Delora. And then after that, you're going to have Noah Fafita and you're going to have Braden Dorman competing for that next spot right there. And then after that, you've got uh, the running back spots, you're loaded. You return your top three backs. 
at the wide receiver spot. Outside of Dorian Singer, you return everybody. Jacob Cowan's beast. We all know that. T-Mac. Um, I'm really excited to see what Kevin Green can do. There's some other guys in there. And then at the tight end position, again, this might be the most loaded tight end position Arizona's had in recent memory. With Kean Burnett, with Tanner McLaughlin. These are guys that are big-time entities right here that are big-time football players. And, you know, let's be honest here. It's a uh, – watching them, it's – you know, it's it just seen the talent overhaul has been impressive. And then on the offensive line, you got Jordan Morgan coming back. Now, by all accounts, he's ahead of schedule, um, hoping that he's going to be ready for game one. But then after that, you got Jonas Sabaneo, who we've had Jed Fish on, and he's talked about how – you know, I don't know what a five-star recruit looks like, but I know what a first-round pick looks like. And he said that about Big Jonah, and he meant it about Big Jonah. And then Wendell Moe at the guard or the other guard position. And so after that, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly Arizona does. But offensively, I expect it to be one of the top three or four off at 12. Now, defensively, there's obviously going to be a few more questions in play right there. But the good thing about it is, and keep in mind, this is secondhand knowledge, but it sounds like Justin Flo has really taken on kind of that leadership role for the uh, University of uh, Arizona defensively. Flo, five-star linebacker out of uh, Oregon, um, you know, had some moments, but was injured a lot and wasn't able to really shine the way that a lot of people thought. I think he is going to be the linchpin for this defense. And quite frankly, if Arizona is going to have a much improved defense, I think Justin Flo needs to be the best player on that defense. Then on both sides, you got uh, – you know, at the corners, you're going to be young, but I think you're pretty talented, though. Again, I love Takario Davis, and I love Ephesians Prysock. I think they're going to be thrown into the fire, and I'm more than okay with them being thrown into the fire because I think they're ready. And But again, I think the strength of the team, the strength of the defense, is going to be the young linebackers. We already saw last year what Jacob Monum could do. We've uh, You now bring in Leviticus Sua, who is a... You know, a high four-star kid out of modern day could have gone to a lot of different places. I think you're going to see him essentially force his way onto the field where you got Leviticus Sua, you've got Jacob Manu, and then you've also got uh, 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 Justin Flo. I think that's a pretty nice little unit right there. Now, um, where are you going to get that pass rush off the edge? That's to be determined because, again, you lose Hunter Eccles, you lose Jalen Harris. And, again, not saying that uh, those guys are uh, unreplaceable or irreplaceable, but, you know, they did put up some pretty good numbers and there isn't that natural guy. Now, the one player that you do have is Deuce Davis. Deuce Davis, um, again, and, again, let's take a quick break. We're going to talk about the importance of Deuce Davis. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, the one guy on the team that looks like the most natural pass rusher of everybody is Deuce Davis. You watch him, and he is, again, he's skinny uh, for sure. There's no doubt about it that he's a thin dude. But the one thing about him is is that he can really explode off the ball. A lot of times Arizona hasn't had guys that can explode off the ball like that and get after the passer. He comes from football royalty, which always matters in my opinion. And who knows who that next guy could be. Maybe it's Deuce Lane. Maybe you have both the Deuces coming off the edge. That sounds awesome, by the way. But it's going to be fun to see. But more so than anything, Jetfish has redone what he said he was going to do. He was going to come in. Nobody was going to out-recruit him. And not only was nobody going to out-recruit him, he was going to make it happen in a manner in which um, – in a manner in which – 
Arizona would be able to compete and compete again in a hurry, and we're there. So, again, tip of the cap to him. Tip of the cap to uh, Bobby Robbins, Dave Heakey for making that one happen and for the overall strength of the Arizona Athletic Department. All right, I'm going to sign off with you. We'll be back with you tomorrow. I'll be live and on the ground from Sacramento. You've been listening to the Locked On Wildcats podcast.